Hello and welcome to the latest podcast uh, from Quacktail Wireless Solutions. I'm George Megan, a journalist, and I'm joined by Colin Newman, Director of Global Antenna Business Development at Quacktail uh, Wireless Solutions. Now, Colin recently joined me for an earlier podcast um, looking at uh, the design uh, implications of uh, antenna location. We're now moving on to deployment considerations uh, in this podcast. Uh, so welcome again, Colin. Uh, I have some questions for you, uh, and I'll dive into those shortly. But uh, firstly, I'd like to say hi and uh, welcome once again to the podcast. Hi, George. Good to be back. Great. Uh, let's dive straight in. Uh, the first question I have is, how important is it to understand the detail of the deployment scenario when selecting antennas? It's very important. Um, how the product will be deployed or used will affect the antenna selection, the design layout, and the antenna position. Take, for example, a handheld product, for instance, uh, you don't want to be mounting the antennas uh, where the hand is actually going to be holding the product because the antennas won't be able to perform very well and the human body actually detunes uh, antennas as well. You also need to consider which countries it will be used in to know which frequency bands need to be supporting. If it's a cellular application, will it need carrier certification? Do you require an external or an embedded antenna? If it's an external antenna, what environmental conditions will, will it have to endure? If it is a covert application or an anti-theft device uh, being designed, uh, then antenna secrecy is, is required. And lastly, if it's like a, a tracking device, what kind of accuracy do you require? For example, if it's a child tracker, you want something that's got far better accuracy than 10 meters. Sure. I, I noticed that you mentioned environmental conditions. Uh, I, what, um, what types of antenna are suitable for, for challenging environments such as heat, cold and wind? It's less challenging for an embedded an, uh, antenna. Uh, here you just really need to check what the uh, temperature range of the antenna uh, is suitable for. Uh, so for industrial applications, it needs to be minus 40 to plus 85. Whilst if it's a military application, then it needs to have a range of minus 55 to plus 125 degrees. Um, typically, if it's going to be a product in, used in uh, high temperature uh, areas, then we're going to recommend FPC antennas because of the uh, sticky back uh, double-sided tape that's used to uh, mount the antenna. But environmental conditions mostly uh, affect external antennas. Again, choosing one that meets the correct temperature range but also, also check its IP ingress protection rating is suitable for the application use. Does it need IP55, which protects against limited dust and low pressure jets of water? Or something more robust like IP67, which fully protects against dust and effects of temporary immersion in water between 15 centimetres to one metre and up to uh, 30 minutes. Great, thanks. Um, Colin, obviously in IoT, power usage is one of the most important factors that uh, influences device lifespan and, uh, um, uh, and how the device can perform. Um, so to what extent does power usage determine antenna selection? Certainly if it's a battery application, I mean, there's many applications now where antennas are being used in sensors mm -hmm. and these sensors need to run for five or 10 years off uh, several uh, coin batteries. So it's important there to be using a very efficient antenna, but it's not just about selecting an antenna which has a high efficiency or, or good gain uh, in the data sheets. It's also about the, the RF layout and everything else, because if the RF layout between the antenna and the module is very poor, 
then although you've chosen a good efficiency antenna, uh, a lot of that uh, is going to be lost in that uh, design, in, in that connection between the antenna and the module. So it's important also to get uh, a good efficiency antenna and a good design layout between the antenna and the module. And as well, consider how the antenna is going to be used. So for instance, if it's going to be a sub one gigahertz antenna, then the actual uh, product needs to have a host PCB of 100 millimeters or greater. Otherwise, this will greatly, again, reduce the antenna performance and that will drain the battery life. Okay, so how has the um, decision process changed? I mean, obviously, IoT device volumes are now um, you know, becoming hyperscale um, and, and pilot projects are a thing of the past. So is that meaning that there's much greater focus given to the ease and speed of the antenna install itself? Yes, it is. I mean, if it's a high volume uh, product application, then an SMD antenna solution is by far the best. It's one of the lowest cost solutions and it can be assembled very quick and easily using pick and place machinery. Embedded antennas also offer the lowest cost solution as well. So selecting a company like Quaketel, who can provide both the antenna and the RF module and, and one engineering team can prove super efficient, meaning quicker time to market, uh, for these uh, these uh, high volume uh, applications. Great. So um, you did touch on it earlier when you were talking about you know humans obstructing signals and uh, antennas' hatred of uh, of metals. Um, but how is it how is it how important is it to consider deployment issues such as interference and obstruction of antennas uh, uh, when you are actually at the deployment phase? Sure. Deployment is especially important to consider when choosing the right antenna type for the application. All too often, the antenna is selected to meet the actual physical uh, design, as opposed to how it's going to be used in the end application. So such criteria as where the product will be mounted, or is it a handheld device that we talked about? What country or countries will it be used in? What sort of performance is required? Antenna range is required? Does it need certification? All these things need to be considered. A good example would be a ceramic patch antenna for GNSS applications. These antennas are circular polarized to match that of the satellite. They have an extremely high gain in one direction, which helps with the weak GNSS signal. However, that high gain direction needs to be facing the sky to get the maximum effect. If the product is mounted upside down, then the antenna is facing the ground and its performance is greatly reduced. So understanding how the product is going to be deployed or obstructions in the way of that kind of thing are very important. Another application, uh, if you think about uh, an antenna that's going to be used in the product that's inside buildings, particularly old buildings where there's very thick walls and brick walls and concrete, the lower, frequency, the, lower the frequency, the better um, the range you will get from the antenna and the end product. But again, to use sub gigahertz antennas, you also still need to be considering the ground plane length of the host PCB being greater than 100 millimetres. Great. Thank you very much, Colin. Um, that concludes the, today's podcast. Thank you very much uh, again to Colin Newman, the Director of Global Antenna Business Development at Quetel, for, for joining us. And thanks also to the audience for listening. I do hope you found uh, Colin's uh, contributions informative. Um, we will uh, obviously be bringing new podcasts uh, available to you very soon um, look out uh, on our social channels uh, to find out more information about these but for now uh, it's goodbye from me and uh, thanks again to colin thank you very much george goodbye